Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and we are sat looking at the beach in the Cayman Islands. Uh, uh, we're actually on the Cayman Legacy, so is everyone all right saying hi? Uh, yeah. Hi. Hello. Right, so we're, we're running a, a mastermind session here, uh, and uh, one of the sessions is involving how to be an influencer, how to build, I guess, your personal brand, uh, and... I think in the modern business world, it's not just important, it's maybe vital that you want to build a, a personal brand or become an influencer. Now, there's different types of influencers, uh, and you were very kind to say become a Rob Moore, um, but that's not the influencer that I necessarily think is good for you. I think being a spokesperson and a go-to person in your niche, you know, the media come to you. Um, or you're just well respected and trusted in your industry. That could lead to keynote speeches. That could lead to books. That could lead to you, you know, being a lead generation source for your own business. Um, so if you have a personal brand where you're known as an individual, you have another asset. So if you only have progressive property, your company or that Lazarus, you only have that brand. I know it's your name, but if there's just that brand, and you're not a spokesperson or an influence in the space, you have one asset. So imagine if your company has a bit of reputational issue or, you know, the company struggles financially, you're linked to that and you have no other asset for income. Uh, you have no other sort of additional stream or ability to pivot. So that's one reason why I think being an influencer and, and, I'm not just talking about these Americans who go, well, look at me and have millions of followers and, and just do live videos. I'm talking about genuine knowledge and experience and well-respected in your, in your field is, is also a definition of an influencer. The next thing is, if you want to sell your business, what are you going to do after you've sold it? Now, if you don't have any other assets, then you better hope you get 50 million minimum because 10 million is not enough to retire. Uh, and you better hope that, um, you know, you are pretty happy doing nothing for the, the, the next 30 or 40 years of your life. Um, otherwise, you're going to be pretty lost and possibly quite bored. Whereas if you have a personal brand, you can start writing a book and you know you've got a big following to sell your books to. You can go and do paid keynote speeches around the world and sort of inspire and motivate other people. So you have a separate asset from your companies if you decide to sell your companies. Um, also, more and more people are relating to individuals. So in the 80s and 90s, it was all about corporations, big brands. Now on social media, massive brands like Coca-Cola have less followers than the average American influencer. And so individuals, social media is about following people, individuals. But of course, if you brand your company around you, it's less valuable as an asset to sell. 
So you have this paradox where you want to make your company progressive property, not rob more properties. But then if you make your company progressive property, rob more is sort of redundant as a brand. So you get to win both ways by building a company that doesn't rely on you and then having another asset around your name. So I've written here for you maybe 15 15 different things to think about uh, on becoming an influencer. And I think the first thing is um, you want to show and know more than anyone else. So you want to upskill your knowledge and experience so that you clearly have credibility. Now, the great thing about social media is uh, you can just stick a live on Facebook like I am doing here. You can have a Zoom H1 onto a podcast and you can share what you know. And if you've been doing it five minutes or 50 years, as long as you share what you know and you don't pretend to know more than you know, if you've been doing it for five years, there's someone who's been doing it for five minutes and there's someone that you can inspire. If you've just started, a great thing to do to build up your influencer status is to just do a diary, a vlog. Hey, I went and did some property viewings. You're not pretending that you've got 100 properties. You're just, hey, this is what I did today and this is what I learned. I like the, this is what I did, this is what I learned content model. And then you get to a point where you think, actually, I've got some experience here. I should be doing a podcast. I should be writing a book. I should be running lives, etc. Um, now, of course, being knowledgeable and experienced to become an influencer is a thing that you do every day. There's always going to be someone that knows more than you. Uh, and we just sort of have to accept that. But what there isn't is someone who knows a lot and someone who's like you. So the next thing in being an influencer is being yourself and putting your own uniqueness. I think a lot of people compare themselves to influencers who are big in the market and they want to kind of maybe be a bit more like them or they feel they have to model or copy them. Or conversely, they don't think that they could be like them because they're so up there and experienced. But actually, you've got your own unique story. You've got your own unique way of doing things. Obviously, you've, your brand's been since 1966. Yeah. You know, you're the biggest brand in um, South of Wales for your, in your niche. And, and that's very credible. And, and, and that's unique to you. And um, Greek Cypriot bloodline, that's completely unique. And a lot of people in their own uniqueness think it's not enough. But it's always enough to be you. So... I hope that you think that how I am around this table and how I was at dinner last night is how I am reading my books and how I am on my podcasts. I know some of you in this room, you, you used to sit in the car, didn't you, listen to my podcasts? Think, yes. Yeah. And so hopefully I want your experience to, with me to be the same. Yeah. I don't want to be an actor on a podcast and then a letdown face-to-face um, or vice versa. Um, and I think being yourself and being consistently yourself I think people really like that. And I mean, if you think about YouTube and Instagram, all people are doing who are big influencers in the influencer space, you know, the ones that they make Netflix documentaries about, they're just documenting their life. Hey, look at me here. Um, a lot of people say, you don't have to pretend to have a great life and show it on social media. Live a great life and show it on social media. And a lot of the pretenders are trying to, hey, look at me, I'm doing all this and that when they're not. But, um, you know, we're in the Cayman Islands, so do live videos from the Cayman Islands, do podcasts from the Cayman Islands. That's a pretty unique thing to do. So the best content often for social media for being an influencer is documenting because people like the diary and the documenting more than the 
planned and canned content. Um, I have this thing where I always want to give a lot of value. And so I sometimes put a lot of content in my lives. I mean, it's important to have a lot of content in your podcast, but in your lives, people just like to see where you are, what you're up to. Someone's just saying here, who are you chatting to? And someone's just said, am I in the toilet? No, that's not the toilet. Um, yeah, I think it's the sound. It'll be the sound. It'll be all tinny. Um, so we're actually in, uh, uh, in Grand Cayman. We're running a mastermind here. Um, look at that for a view. Andreas, look at that for a view. <laughs> all right. Um, any tips for people who are not confident behind the camera? Um, do a podcast. <laughs> Um, actually, that is a thing, you know, like if you're really, really cripplingly unconfident on a camera, do a podcast and get hundreds of thousands or millions of listeners built up over time, um, because then that's, that's great. You know, if you feel like you've got a face for radio. Um, but the other thing I would say is, hey, look, I don't have a script here. I've got a few notes um, that I made before, um, but I don't have a script. I just think talk from your heart, talk about something that you're passionate about. Get a little three-legged Joby tripod. Get a little Zoom H1. And if you're not that confident in front of camera, start with a one-minute piece of content or a three-minute piece of content and then build it up from there. Okay, so next thing then in becoming an influencer, and you guys will be great at this, be a bit disruptive. You know, comment on some areas in your um, sphere and space that a lot of people don't have the courage to. So Jordan Peterson did this very effectively because he had a strong belief about, you know, the gender um, debate and the pay gap debate and whether it, there was an inequality of pay between men and women. And he didn't shy away from commenting on that. And that built him on the worldwide stage. Now, by the way, he was attempting to be technically very accurate and well-researched. So he wasn't just gobbing off and being flippant and just taking pot shots at people. So if there's um, parts of your niche or your industry that are a bit taboo um, or that a lot of people don't have the confidence to go and make a stand about, address those issues and concerns, get behind them, put, you know, put a disruptive or a polarizing argument across um, because that will generally tend to get quite a lot of leverage and reach and it'll be something that people are talking about. If you're generally disrupt disruptive individual, you're disrupting your niche, you're trying to disrupt uh, being an influencer, you're disrupting people's opinions then, um, you know, you're always going to have a space in the market. Next then, um, I think we're on number point four or five, is make sure you leverage all the social media. Uh, I'm recording this on a Zoom H1. This will go into my podcast. Uh, this is a live video on my page. I may share this live video on a couple of other social media platforms. My outsourcer might take 10 minutes of this and put it on LinkedIn. He may take one minute excerpts and put it on Instagram. Um, so make sure that you're leveraging all social media. Uh, now, my guess is your brand might have good presence on social media, but maybe you don't have your podcast set up yet. Yeah. Or maybe you're good on Instagram because that's quite a visual thing, but maybe you're not as good on LinkedIn. Yeah. So just try and up your game progressively across all the media channels. Um, and, and generally, the way I do it is I just test them myself. There's a new live feed function on LinkedIn. I had a play with that this morning. It actually didn't quite work out, um, but that's only because um, the, the internet connection is slow here and it didn't upload. But at least I tried it. And then if I couldn't quite figure something out, I'll just go to my outsourcer and say, how do you do a live on Instagram or how do you work your story out and, and just get someone else to research it for me. You could get your PA to do that. Um, you know, just sort of um, learning to use all the social media platforms. Next then is newsjacking. So newsjacking is 
um, commenting on Brexit when everyone's moaning about Brexit, or um, if you're a landlord, getting involved in the petitions and the signatures to try and reverse Section 24 or stuff like that. Now, the good thing about that is what everyone's talking about, there's a lot of energy that you can leverage, hence Jack, News Jack, jacking the news. Um, also, you can be seen somewhat as a campaigner for your industry. Uh, and I think that that um, will probably um, give you some good um, leverage and get some support garnered your way. Um, also, it's far easier to get comments and shares and followers around a subject that people are talking about a lot anyway. Um, the next thing is to convert your knowledge into good content. So hopefully if you're watching and listening, you feel like um, this is useful content. If you feel like this is useful information to you, you're going to follow my next podcast and you're going to want to, you're going to watch my next live. So you guys have been in hairdressing your family since 1966. You guys have been in it for as long as you can remember. So in your head is a vast amount of knowledge. The challenge then is getting that out of your head to a really compelling video, a really good podcast episode, a really good article, a really interesting Facebook post, etc. Now, the good thing about your business, I think for most people, but your business is you could do lives of people cutting hair. You could do lives of things going on in your salon, which would be very real. And I guess there's not that many salons that are doing that. Um, it's a great way to connect with your potential clients. And it's also a great way to connect to build trust because you've got pretty much the biggest salon in your city. You've got people can come in and have a beer. They can play on the PlayStation. Well, if we see that and we see 35 chairs and loads of people getting cut and a bit of music and people having a beer and a chat and it's a good laugh and there's a good thriving atmosphere. That's hard to write in an article. That's really easy to see on a live video. And that will definitely set you apart. So that's kind of being disruptive. Um, but it's also creating good content. I have this sort of paranoia when I do content that I want people to get really good information. Um, and I feel like if I maybe try and be too flippant or jovial or just show you stuff, that's not great content. Um, but I get way more views on my videos when I'm doing them in the Cayman Islands than when I'm doing them in my living room, even if the content is the same. So that's why I make a point of it. Um, the content is the same, but actually the environment that you're in and the visual aspect makes a big difference. Of course, it's going to piss the people off listening to the podcast. I was talking about being in Cayman when you're in the, uh, well, I have listeners in 192 countries, so I shouldn't assume it's cold where you are. It might be cold and where it might not. You might be listening to the Cayman Islands. Hello. Um, all right. Next then is you must be consistent. And actually, a lot of influencers aren't necessarily better than you. They're more consistent than you. They've been doing it for a long time and they do it daily or weekly. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons um, Kim's son, Robin, has got um, great presence in a lot of mainstream articles for his watches because he's been writing articles consistently for a long amount of time. I believe he writes three a week in a big publication. Is that right, Kim? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, like he would have been refining that craft over many years. He would have written hundreds, maybe even thousands of articles. Um, so uh, constant, consistent creation of content. Now, when people say content, that could be, you know, 10 ways to get a service accommodation unit, could be how to grow your salon business into a franchise, but it could also just be, I'm in the Cayman Islands, look at the view, um, and this is what I did today. Because, you know, if people follow you, they're interested in you. I used to think people were only ever interested in my content, 
But we were having a chat about, you asked me, what car would I like to buy next? And we're having these kind of conversations. So people are interested in you as a person, as well as you, the business person. I think if you show them a bit of that, not all day, every day, here's my cars, here's my cars, here's my cars, here's my cars. What about your salon? Don't worry about that. Here's my cars, here's my cars. That's a bit too much. Um, So consistency, because what will happen is consistency will build loyal followers and consistency will build new followers. And then the next, which is similar to consistency, but it's also a bit different, and that's being prolific. So the good influencers are consistent. The big influencers are prolific. Some of these Americans, there are nine pieces of content a day, nine on Instagram, nine on Facebook, uh, always in your feed. Uh, and I think that that's, um, you know, the next level, if you like. Get consistent first and then get prolific. Um, if you carry your H1 and your Joby tripod with you wherever you go. There can be content anywhere you go. Um, and if you think about it, I mean, 15 years ago, are you watching it live? Yeah. <laughs> this is a surreal matrix moment. Uh, Matt's in the live, watching the live live. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I remember when we came here three years ago and I came, one of the other mentors was Mark Ianson and he, he brought some semi-professional camera equipment. Uh, and and we, you, you weren't doing lives then. You couldn't do lives because the internet connection, you know, wasn't strong enough or good enough. Uh, and we were out there and he had this lighting equipment and a tripod and we were doing semi-professional recording. And now you just have an iPhone and an 80 quid audio device and you are a broadcaster. And that's pretty impressive. Okay, next then is weave your business and social life together. Now, it's pretty easy here because the Cayman Legacy experience we're at is kind of a, a, a merge of business and social. We're kind of doing business, social, and hopefully a bit of um, uh, networking as well, all at the same time. So when you can merge your passion and your profession, your vocation and your vacation, and you can put that onto your social media, people really love that content. You know, like I know some of the things are a bit cheesy and trite, but by the way, let your audience judge, not you, but in the back of an Uber, Uber or in business class in an aeroplane or, you know, traveling or whatever. People like seeing that. And I must admit, I should do those things more. People like Grant Cardone, they're very good at always in and out of his private jet and, you know, inside and outside his fancy cars and all of that kind of thing. Uh, and I'm a little bit more reserved about that. And I know if I did that more, I'd get a lot more reach. Um, okay. Next then is you want to weave in your social proof and your accolades. So, you, you know, do they know awards you've won? Do they know, um, you guys, right? Like this was something that fascinated me and frustrated me all at the same time with your business. You've had loads of celebrities come in and get their hair cut off you and you're not promoting that anywhere near enough. And you, you know, I'm sure everyone, actually, I won't say, I won't say it live in case you don't, but um, you, a lot of celebrities come in. Sorry. Who? Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. David Hasselhoff. David, David Hasselhoff came in and got a haircut. I mean, that should be all over your social media. All over your, like, if, if I got, I would kiss David Hasselhoff if he, if I got near him and I'd get a photo of that. Um, Brian McFadden, there you go. So not just, I mean, do you have all the pictures up in your salon with these guys? Yeah, we, we have all over, all over the family and then exclusion. Yeah, but have you got these pictures really clearly all over your salon? Yeah, no. no so no. when, um, I, I'm, I'm friends with Yanni, Yanamize, you know, he does the car wrapping and he, he's, he's wrapped, um, he wrapped one of my cars just recently. And when you go in and upstairs on the wall, he's got pictures of all the fo- f- footballers and celebrities and they've all written a handwritten note on the wall. 
And immediately when you walk in, you know you're surrounded by someone with amazing social proof. You've got to be doing this. One, they've got to be on all your websites. I mean, if I went on, if I was looking for a local hairdresser and I would choose all day, every day, the one that had cut celebrity hair, you just would. So in the salon, make some really nice pictures of them all. Because yeah. do you get walk-ins? Yeah. Well, there you go. Someone's walking in a walk. Put them in the window and they walk past them. Bloody hell. So, um, but of course, those of us that haven't cut David Hasselhoff's hair, um, because that's a bit of a random one, um, are, are you showing, have you got any accreditations? You know, a lot of people don't know about my BA. I never really talk about it, but I should probably talk every now and again about my degree. Uh, up until literally three months ago, I forgot to tell people that we won business of the year 2016. Uh, I don't tell people enough of this stuff because I don't want to come across too braggy. I mean, people call me braggy anyway, just by, because I just talk stuff. So me being a little bit reserved, but we should be, you know, shouting about these things because if people don't know, people don't know. So anything you can do with your social proof, your credibility, your accolades, weave that into becoming an influencer. A lot of people, you know, on their websites, they put photos of themselves with other celebrities uh, and they borrow their social proof. And um, so that's the next thing is, can you be seen with other influencers? So, um, you know, in my podcast, I have quite a lot of influencers who come on my show. Um, and then, you know, when we release a show, I am seen as a partner of them, if only for that day or that week that that show is launched. And if they're above me from a credibility perspective, I get elevation and leverage from them. That's why I always try and get really big guests. One, because they're interesting. But like, if I do a podcast with Jackie Stewart, who's an absolute living legend of Formula One, like I did, that's pretty good credibility for me just to be able to get that interview. So if you could um, link up and hook up with other influencers, that, in, that increases your own influencer status. Next thing then is JVs. So could you join venture with other influencers? Could they um, promote you and you promote them? Uh, could you, um, you know, have some kind of uh, contra deal or agreement? Next then is, have you written a book? Do you have a podcast? And do you maybe leverage your YouTube channel? And I think... Um, I think lives on Facebook, LinkedIn, books, audiobooks, podcasts, YouTube, having a YouTube channel, being a public speaker. I think they're probably the main assets that you would want to pick off if you want to be an influencer. And I know you want to be one on, a, on the global stage. And then the next thing is leveraging virtual assistants, PAs, VAs to do all of the admin the research, the technical, like um, for quite a few months, I was worried about doing lives in case I messed it up and I didn't know how to work the actual functionality. It's easy now, but when you first do a live for the first time, that's quite overwhelming. What if it goes wrong? What if the lighting's, you know, how do I do it? How does it get pu published? Should I have a title? You know, there's these silly buttons. I, do I dare press one? I'm going to do it for a laugh. So effects. So I, I now I am a scuba diver with pink fong. There you go. So I've, I've accidentally just pressed that button. Um, that's quite scary. Uh, it's playing music live. I've never done this before, by the way. So now I'm worried about how do I get rid of that? Good. So um, what I'll do is I'll get one of my researchers to go and work out how to use it first. Then I'll get someone in my staff to do a test and then I'll do it. So that, you know, I don't have that sort of tech fear. Um, also, your outsourcer, what they can do. Should we do another one for a laugh? 
Let's have a look. This is early, man. Wi-Fi's playing up. All right. It's probably a good thing. Um, oh. <laughs> 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 there you go. Oh, look, it's putting the... Um, there you go. Look. What am I? Yeah. <laughs> It's not made the um, view it's not made the viewers go up, so let's get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh yeah, so um the the outsourcer can also, this has been really beneficial to me. Um take this video, put it on LinkedIn, take this video, put it on YouTube, take one minute excerpts, put it on Instagram, take the audio, look put it live onto my podcast, and that's massive leverage. Because really uh, the job of an influencer a spokesperson, a go-to person for the industry, um, is to create good content, to do the media, the PR, the vision, everything else, all the functionality, the back end, the technical stuff, the editing, that should be someone else. Now, um, at the moment, you might have three to five main lead sources for your business. So with my company's progressive property, it'll be Facebook ads, it'll be Google ads, it'll be our ambassador referral program, it'll be our, our organic Facebook, it'll be our joint venture partnerships. And for many years in progressive property, so sources of leads like that were the main lead sources. The second biggest lead source for progressive property now is me, because people listen to my podcasts, read my books, and then they trickle down and they find progressive property. So the next great thing about being an influencer and having followers is you become the main lead source for your business, which obviously gives you great leverage to grow. So summary then, um, uh, how to be an influencer is no more than anyone else. Build up your experience, but until you build that experience, just diary, diarize with a vlog or an audio log on your podcast, everything that you do as you grow. Um, you're allowed to be yourself, unashamedly you, and there's nothing wrong with you and you don't have to polish yourself up. I mean, if you erm and ah and you, you get, don't get your words out, you need to get better at the diction side of it. But other than that, um, a bit of uniqueness, a bit of personality, be disruptive, leverage all the social media platforms, newsjack on the latest news, the controversy, or the, the commentary or the media. Make sure you create good content, repurpose it onto all media, be consistent, be prolific. Um, weave your business uh, life in with your personal life and show both sides. Make sure your accolades, proof and credibility um, the world knows about. Um, be seen with other influencers. Use the um, endorsements that you've got from you know big celebrities. Look to do joint ventures to get uh, more reach. I've started doing podcasts where we'll do a joint podcast episode where we'll both sit and chat for 90 minutes and then we'll publish it on my podcast and their podcast. So I did it with Kim Richardson, who's an England footballer and Steve Sully, I did one. I did one with Jake Wood, who's from EastEnders. And, uh, and simultaneously, we publish each other's podcast. So we're doing like a joint venture. Think about a book. Think about a podcast. Think about a YouTube channel. Leverage VAs for outsourcing and editing. Uh, and then look at um, maybe uh, getting into public speaking. Now, great practice for getting in and doing public speaking is doing live videos. And I would get used to doing live videos. And once you're used to that, you'll probably start, um, you know, um, being more confident as a public speaker uh, and you'll start getting opportunities to speak when people watch your lives uh, and it all sort of snowballs from there. All right, thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right. <laughs>